Welcome to another Daily Takeaway. It's Bush and Richie here. Do you ever get yourself um, in a situation where you're in an argument... Uh-huh. ..and then you place a wager because you're in the argument and you, you, you fervently believe you are right... And then you realise once that wage is placed and the argument has subsided, you've actually put yourself in a bit of a bad situation. So do you mean like some long lines of I bet you I bet you a hundred pounds that uh, that postman doesn't deliver to our house? You got it, yeah. That kind of thing. That, that kind of thing, yeah. Generally, the kind of arguments that you end up being in with a partner. Yes. Let me confess to one uh, that I've got myself in. Uh, so, so Natalie has uh, driven up to uh, a wedding in Leeds, uh-huh. um, and we have recently been—I mean, my goodness, this is a state. Th- this is like a, a bit of a sign of the state of the relationship. But um, we've been getting in arguments about fuel economy. Oh my word! <laughs> I think I am a more economic driver than my wife. Right, this, sound, this sounds like my mum and dad. <laughs> my, my dad is always on at my mum for clutch control and then over-revving at the lights and over-revving, being in the wrong gear. Brilliant. Is that what you're like when you were driving with her? Um, no, I button it. I button it as a passenger. So where's your intel? Where's your stats? My, my stats is uh, based on opinion only, that I think I am an ec- economic driver. And if I'm doing a long drive in the car, yeah. looking at around about 52 miles per gallon, all right, but that's she's driving up to Leeds and she reckons that she she says to me, she goes, I reckon I can do 60, 60 miles per gallon. I went, no way. I said, absolutely no way. I said, I, I drive so carefully and I get 52. There is no way with your, your lead foot and your Italian ancestry that you will drive any better than 52 miles per gallon. Yeah. So she's like, all right, if I send you a picture when I get up to Leeds and it's better miles per gallon than 50, 52 miles per gallon, will I get some kind of present? I went, yeah, of course you will. <laughs> That's the bet that I've made. And now I'm concerned. Oh, so you don't know at the moment whether she's achieved it or not? No, Because no, no. we know she, she's very determined, your wife, isn't she? She puts her mind to something. Very stubborn. Very stubborn indeed. I, I bring once again before you the Italian ancestry. But sure, though, what, uh, is this, again, I don't, I don't want to suggest this or, or make this like a thing, but what a fantastic bit of reverse psychology you've got working there. Mm. In the uh, in the world of trying to keep the lid on the bills and stuff like that as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, well, you show me. You show me. You could do uh, better miles per gallon. And I never guaranteed what the monetary value of the prize would be. Watch this space. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Now they say one man's treasure is another man's trash, but have a look what I've got in my pocket today. Um, it's a dinosaur tooth. Wow. Look it, at that. Is that actually a? That is a dinosaur tooth given to me this morning by my four-year-old son, Rocco. And I've been carrying it around in my pocket all today. Just, do you think that there's definitely a dinosaur's tooth? It doesn't matter that he picked it up at the car park at nursery. Right, Okay. okay. He he picked it up and he says to me, Daddy, look, look, it's a dinosaur's tooth. Tooth of a dinosaur. (laughs) And I'm looking at it, all right, and you'd have to say... That does look like a dinosaur's tooth. It is in the shape of uh, an incisor of, like, a dinosaur or something. I'm not saying that's uh, been anywhere near 
uh, a dimetrodon or a stegosaurus or any other uh, reptile or dinosaur that you wish to speak about. You're just showing off your dinosaur knowledge there with that there, one. Yeah, I pulled up, pulled up stumps after what, two dinosaurs. One of them sounds like an energy drink. <laughs> so, and it, isn't it weird that you, uh, you you would find the tooth of one of them in like a Morrison's car park after all that digging that people do? Isn't it mad? Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah Right yeah. into your front of your nose. All those paleontologists, they just needed to go down to supermarkets and stuff like that. Well, what's, what's his name? Was Richard III underneath another car park? He was, yeah, in Leicester, wasn't he? Yeah. Car, car parks, park, mate. Yeah. Get yourself down a car park. <laughs> That's where you go. Here's the point, right? And as I said, one man's treasure, another man's trash. Do you have, do you carry out, because I've kept this, I, I've kept this today as a keepsake. I'm, oh, that's, that's going to be a nice thing. If uh-huh. I'm having a bad moment, I'll have a, good, have a look at the dinosaur's tooth and I'll smile. Right. So do you carry around, or do, or do you have, you might have it at home, something that is precious to you, but in effect, it's absolutely worthless. This is a stone from a car park. What do you want? My, my eldest daughter, Erin, who is, she's 12 now, so doesn't want to have anything to do with me. <laughs> You know what they're like. I do. Uh, doesn't want to have anything to do with me, like, coolness-wise. But at one point, a few years ago, when she was in a more innocent stage, she made me a little birthday cake out of... You know when kids go for a miniature? Friends yeah. like and stuff, this miniature? Modelling clay. Oh. Little tiny slice of cake. And I'll keep that for the rest of my life. It's in, like, a little box up on one of our shelves. But that's worth nothing. But to me, that's priceless. Exactly. It reminds me when she liked me. Well- <laughs> <laughs> Don't. One man's treasure, another man's trash. Do you have a precious keepsake that actually has zero monetary value whatsoever? Tell us what it is. Joe Weedy, I was scoffing earlier on, but our producer Nick has sent in a photo uh, on our little WhatsApp group of an actual dinosaur's tooth, and it does look the same. Exactly. So maybe he could be right. But what happens though if you if Rocco does discover an actual um, fossil? Uh-huh. Do you have, does he have to like give it to the British Museum, or is he allowed to keep it, or what? Find his keepers in my pocket. Now, you can't it? be doing that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Worthless. <laughs> Treasure. Bill says, I have my old pet rabbit, Bob's Tooth, from when he had it clipped at the vets. He died in 2007, but I never forgot him. His tooth is like a nice keepsake. They do say rabbits are lucky animals, so yeah. I kind of get that. But it's rabbit's feet, isn't it? Not like a... Is it? A rabbit's dentures. Uh, Christopher says, I broke my arm skateboarding as a 14-year-old. I kept the plaster cast. Also, the before and post-op x-rays showing the plates and the pins. That was until I moved house at 29, so kept them for 15 years. Thing is, right, I feel like... I feel bad for kids now, because if back in the day, in the 80s, wherever, you used to break your wrist, you'd get like a big old white plastic yeah. cast, and loads of people could draw on it, you're a bit of a hero. Now it's all like a bit kind of boring blue gauze. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? So I can see why he's kept it. Uh, this text says, Hi, my name is Leela Lou Lawler from Newport Pagnall, North Buckinghamshire. I keep two of my old cat's whiskers in my purse so that when I'm feeling down, I can look at them and think that I am the cat's whiskers. Zero monetary value, massive on self-esteem. <laughs> I like it, I Brilliant. like it. Yep. Uh, Mel, what are you keeping? Well, my son, when he was seven, wrote on a big yellow post-it note, I love my mum with two kisses. Um, oh. I kept it for years and years and years. He's 26 now. Um <laughs> And then I moved, I've moved house a couple of times, and about six years ago, I came across it when I was unpacking after I'd moved. So I took it to my sister-in-law, who does tattoos, and she scanned it and tattooed it onto the top of my left shoulder. Wow! So I've, it, I've always got it. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, like you know, a lot of the times people are doing shopping lists. We could get one of them done on the other <laughs> one on post-it notes. <laughs> So, Mel, have you still got the post-it note and you've also got it in tattoo form on your body? Yes. 
That's yeah. awesome. That is great. If people listening to this right now, look around the room. If you've got something written on a poster note that might make a good tattoo, Ben's Tuesday, anything like that, get in touch with Mel. Bye. Tracy says, a coffee table from my folks' house. It's just a coffee table, but because when my cousin and I were little, we used to fight over who got to sleep on the bottom shelf for our afternoon nap. What an amazing place to have a nap. <laughs> but wow. in, the, in the middle of where all the grown-ups are still actually just chatting and having their coffee. When you think about it, it's prime real estate, and given the price of living costs, yeah. it might be an option there these days. Uh, Anthony Chadwick has tweeted us to say, I've had these guys in my wallet for 30-odd years. Uh, the can opener. He's got a can opener uh, that he had when he was in the army, and he's got two lucky sixpences. Brilliant. Two of them in his wallet, and if he ever changes his wallet, he always swaps them over. Uh, Glenn says, my mother keeps a bag of cabbage in the freezer that my grandfather grew before he passed away. That cabbage is now 22 years ago, uh, twenty-two years old. So is cabbage, when frozen, a little bit like a bottle of wine that you could break out in, say, 25 years' time and it tastes even better? <laughs> Not sure. Please let us know. Adrian says, I've had this in every car I've owned in, uh, from my very first, the Mini Metro, to my current one. I have no dear idea where it came from, but he or she has brought me maximum to no claims driving for 30 years. It's what appears to be, in terms of the photo, a melted stone, terrifying, probably haunted St Bernard dog on his dashboard. <laughs> it's been through the walls, but it works. Uh, we've got Kelly on the line. Kelly, what have you kept as a keepsake then? It's um, my son's umbilical cord. Oh. Well, it's not there anymore. Oh, what's happened? Um, I think the puppy ate it. Oh, this gets oh. worse. <laughs> it's your right, because a lot, a lot of people do this, uh, and I, I cut, I've cut the umbilical cords of uh, uh, three, two of the three of my kids, and yeah. it, you get those big, weird, fat scissors. Those fat yeah. scissors are weird, and it's quite yeah. a strange thing. I've never understood why people want to keep hold of it, because it looks bad then. If you leave it lying around, it's going to look even worse. What, what was it looking like? What state was it in? Um, I'd say, you know, if there's a slug in the garden yeah. and you put salt all over it yeah. oh. and it shrivels up yet yeah, like that. Yeah. So I can kind of like see why the puppy thought it was a treat. I was going to say, it looks grim to everyone else but not to a dog. Wow, No, it was, um, he needed to go. I just couldn't quite part with it. It well, was. How long did you get to keep it until the, cu- uh, until the puppy got it? Um, well, my son is 19 this year. So, <laughs> <Wow>. um, <laughs> I say about 18 and, yeah, 18 and a half years. It was a few weeks ago. Brilliant. Well, there's a lot of this in, content in this call which would make people, you know, maybe push their tea away, but it's safe to say that's all wrapped up and done now. It is absolutely disgusting. Oh, well. Carl, you got yourself a worthless keepsake? I have a small yellow cardigan that was hand-knitted by my dad when I was a baby for me. Wow, so I, I don't want to generalise here, but normally it's not, I would say it's not normally the men that are doing the knitting here, so it's quite an unusual thing that amount of no, years ago, so Carl. It that it's, so what, your dad was obviously, did his own thing then, but bearing in mind he was knitting 55 right. years ago. He was a working man, but he hand-knit this for me, I was his first child, and he hand-knit this for me when I was a baby. And you won't have worn it for a very long while. <laughs> uh, no, not, not, not that I'm 55 years old now, so I haven't worn it for a while. So any, any grandkids in the, in the pipeline that you can then pass on this little kind of knitted thing oh, to? No, no, I don't do carpet monsters. <laughs> OK, Carl. <laughs> do carpet monsters. And tell us about your dad then. Uh, like, what did he do and then what kind of guy was uh, he like? Well, when I was first born, he was a, he was a lovely man. Arthur Gold, a bus driver when I was born and then he was a steel worker for the rest of his life to be retired. A wow. knitting, steel working bus driver. I love this. Amazing. There needs to be a film made about this guy. 
Absolutely wonderful, man. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. So, breaking news on Home Time this evening. Do you know what I did last night? Go on. I've been online and I've got us some Crocs each. <laughs> uh, we had a big old chat about Crocs yesterday. Um, <laughs> and loads of you were sending photos of your Crocs. Quite a lot of them just quite horrible to see. But I think we kind of left last night's show kind of of the mindset, well, we've never worn any, so we don't know, do we? No, and the, and the disturbing honesty as well, there, there, you know, there are a few people that, you know, you, you, you read and you, you, you respect what they're saying and they're, they're saying to us, it's quite comfy. People have, you know, status. Yeah. I've turned around and said they're comfy. So I went, actually, to be fair, I went across the shop, um, there's a shop across the road that does sports stuff, 28 quid for a pair of... Cro- I'm not made of money. They're pricey. So I've got some right old knockoff ones. <laughs> they arrive tomorrow on Amazon. Alligators. Right? I, probably, I think they might be called something like that. <laughs> so we're going to be doing this show, whether you like it or not, and even if you don't like it, you're probably going to listen because you think, oh, I've got to find out what happens. We're doing the show in Crocs tomorrow. Yeah. It's going to happen. A little bit like Scrubs if you're in a hospital or something. <laughs> but the weird thing was, right, after purchasing the Crocs on my phone, I went to bed last night and I couldn't stop thinking about Craig. Do you remember Craig phoned in? Yeah. He went viral by putting charms in the holes of his Crocs. He said two million plays on TikTok, he does. Two million plays on TikTok, charms in the holes in his Crocs, which sounds like a, a Paul Simon song. <laughs> But I was thinking, what do people love, right? People love watching videos, a little stuff on the, on the train on the way into work. Uh, they like watching calming stuff happen. Uh, and, and what's in a pair of Crocs? Loads of little holes. Yeah. As uh, Craig would have testament to, and now that he's got a brilliant social media following. So what about this? Tomorrow on the show, Richie, me and you fill our Crocs with something, a substance or whatever, <laughs> I put our feet into it and film what happens. But I mean anything. Like yes, I mean, I've got a tin of rice way. pudding at home. <laughs> Imagine filling your Crocs up with rice pudding in a little wow. washing up bowl in the studio here, live on home time, slipping your feet into it, and imagine the ASMR video of seeing that ooze out through the holes in some Crocs. And again, this is the tip of the iceberg. There's so many products out there that we could possibly use. Angel Delight's coming to mind. I'd love to do that. Butterscotch Angel Delight. But would you be able to get it to set, first of all, before you then put the foot in? Sorry, so many questions. It, it's up to you, mate. They're your Crocs. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> and thank you, by the way. Billy says pistachio ice cream. <laughs> so, genuine question what? tonight on Home Time. Uh, what substance or thing would you most like to see Richie and I push through the holes of a pair of our Crocs <laughs> as we slide our feet into them? Now, I don't think we'd need the washing up bowl if we go with Andrea's suggestion. Uh, she's... Uh, said Play-Doh. Oh. Now, obviously, you can get these Play-Doh toys where you put the Play-Doh in, you, you squeeze something, and then it, it comes out. But I think there's a certain amount of force there. I reckon feet and our, our Crocs and Play-Doh, you'd have to have that really, like, warmed up and malleable for that to work. Do what you used to do in school. Back in the, in primary school, we used to nick Play-Doh plasticine, stick it on the radiators, <laughs> turn it into molten... <laughs> I never did that. Molten muck. But do you remember there was, there was like, a toy in, in the 80s where you, you had a bloke who was having his hair cut? And he squeezed it and that. it came out the top of his head. You went to a rough primary school if you're warming up Play-Doh on primary school radiators. St John's <laughs> got all the tattoos. <laughs> St John's Trowbridge. Uh, Darnang, 1958. Uh, Rob says, he wants to know, which way are you pushing them through? Are they going to be inside the Crocs and putting your feet in to push them out or inside going in or outside going? I see what he means. He wants to know, like, will we have the Crocs on we're going to put our foot into, say, Play-Doh mm-hmm. that's in the pot? Or are we going to... I think the, the plan is to put the Play-Doh inside the croc. And then the foot goes in. That's foot goes in and then see yeah. what happens. Just yeah. to clarify for you there. Uh, Andy says, what about some smashed potato? Instant match. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, we, we are going viral tomorrow on this show. <laughs> what substance we could put in there? Mark from Luton says, what about vindaloo curry paste? 
That's going to taint the feet, that is. It's not good, is it? Could ruin explain the Crocs that. as well. Could ruin the Crocs. Uh, Craig says, you boys are missing a trick with these Croc videos. There are people out there paying good money uh, to watch others take their socks off. And you two are just giving them that content for free. Well, happy to set up a, <laughs> uh, a monthly subscription service on this as well, if people want to get involved. Uh, we've got Sharon on the line. Sharon, what would you like us to put in our Crocs? Cottage cheese. Cottage cheese. <laughs> what a consistency that would be. Why, why that partic- in particular? I don't know. I just think it looks fabulous coming out of those holes in your Crocs. See, look, this is just um, this is just backup. That Sharon's just said that it's going to look fabulous. This video is it's going to blow imagine? up the internet. It is going to blow up the internet. There's there's a there's kind of I feel like a bit of a a, a pedicure. Is that the right word? Mm. There's a pedicure vibe to that as well because I'm sure cottage cheese is good for your skin as it goes into the uh, shoe. I'm sure it would be. <laughs> good suggestion, Sharon. Uh, Caroline, what do you reckon? Well, one of you's got to have jelly and one of you's got to have custard. Jelly and or... custard. So who, who's having what? Who's going to have the jelly to start with? Um, well, don't know. It really matters, does it? That's a good point. We could just toss a coin. Yeah. Is there and... anyone you prefer, Richie? Um... <laughs> <laughs> It's sort of a pink jelly, though, or red jelly, hasn't it? I, I'll tell you what, I'll take a red jelly for Arsenal. You can have uh, the yellow custard. Thank you very much. That's, that pans out <laughs> great for me, doesn't it? <laughs> Joe has emailed to say, if you and Richie are going to start wearing Crocs, I'm not sure I can carry on listening to you. It's fine. It's just for one show tomorrow as part of an experiment. Exactly. Uh, we were trying to get into the ASMR video market. You know, people watching relaxing stuff happen online. Uh, the Crocs arrive tomorrow. We're just asking you, what substance or thing would you like to see pushed through the holes in a pair of Crocs as we slide our feet into them on tomorrow's show. Uh, Jim's in Somerset. He says, uh, boys, Swarfiga, the really gritty stuff. Will it tickle? Will it hurt? I don't even know what that is. I don't think you or I um, do a... Uh, what's what's the best way of put? We don't do a, a hard enough job to use Swarfiga. I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it like Vaseline? Is it see-through? It's in, I'd say it's industrial Vaseline for cleaning very, very, very heavily worked hands. Wow, <laughs> we that sounds like it's advertising strapline. Someone says scrambled egg. Uh, Ryan from Kent says, what about Acrofresh striped toothpaste? Uh, only if it means that the holes would split the different stripes. Uh, that Wouldn't that be amazing? So many possibilities tomorrow. We'll decide on tomorrow's show. Don't miss it. Watch this space it happens tomorrow. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Home time on a Wednesday night. Uh, Ten Weeks of Tickets is back and we're giving you the chance to see the killers live in London. All you need to do is take part in our little game that we like to call Who Claims Wins? On the line to play, we've got contestant number one. Her name's Charlie. Welcome to the show, Charlie. Where are you calling from? Hi, uh, I'm, I'm calling from Chesham, Buckinghamshire. Nice place. Is it, on, is it on the turn weather-wise there? It's on the turn here. Uh, yeah, a bit rainy at the moment. OK, we'll get all our fun in right now. Uh, hey, look, everyone, it's going to be fine by the weekend. 22 degrees, get the uh, sunbeds out. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, Richie's got the early steer on the weather. Let's go over to contestant number two uh, is Dave. Dave, where are you calling from and how's it looking out your window? Uh, I'm calling from Hailing Island on the south coast. Oh, beautiful. Old uh, old yachtsman down there. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? He's Portsmouth. Oh, OK. What, you live in a lighthouse like the uh, the fella from Fraggle Rock? <laughs> uh, I used to. 
OK, well, there you go. Hey, he can enjoy the 22-degree sunshine at the weekend. This is all working out, guys. This is all working out. Right, look, some rules. Here we go. We're going to give you both a random topic uh, that has many possible answers. Charlie, uh, you will have to say how many answers you think you could give in 30 seconds. Dave, you will then have the opportunity to claim if you think you could name more or less than Charlie. And whoever thinks they could claim more will then have 30 seconds to do just that. Uh, if they manage it, they win the tickets. If they don't, uh, they will lose those tickets to the other player. Let's oh. play Who Claims Wins. Charlie, here's looking at you. Uh, how many Best Picture winners from the Oscars can you name? We're looking for a, any film to have won in the major category between 1990 and 2022. Oh, Oscars. Um... Best picture. Best picture winners from the Oscars. Just give us a number that you reckon, if you can start in point of your negotiations here. Oh, God. Oscars. I don't think I'm going to be very good at that. <laughs> well, you need to give us a number. I, I think I'm only going to get... Um, I think I'm going to get one. I'm not very All good All right, you're going well. one. Dave, uh, do you reckon you can name more or do you want to challenge Charlie to do her one? Uh, I'll go for two. Dave's going for two. Charlie, do you reckon you can do three or do you want to challenge Dave to do his two? I think Dave to do his two. Right, wow. Dave. OK, Dave, you've got 30 <laughs> seconds. Your time starts now. Oh, gosh. Ben <laughs> Hur, The Lord of the Rings, and Return of the King and Titanic. I've done four, haven't I? You've done four, but none of them are correct. Keep going. <laughs> oh, uh, one is, Titanic is. Titanic. Uh, ben Hur. Uh, oh, and you've done no, Lord of the Rings. No, you have done your two. No. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to see if you can get them all. <laughs> Oh, oh, dear. That's funny. Oh, there's loads of people with bits of paper pointing at Richie going, no, that, that, that one. Oh, dear. Uh, sketchy, uh, but sketchy from me, not from you, Dave. Uh, you go, you're going to go and see the killers. Well done. Oh, God, I'm amazed. I can't believe it. Thank you so much. Good, lad. And Charlie, commiserations. You, have, you get on the Oscars next time and start watching and making notes, all right? Yes, all right. Thank you. Lovely Thanks to speak anyway. to you. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Any illusion that I had last night that uh, my teenage son listens to me shattered uh, in one WhatsApp message last night. Um, big football game, uh, Bournemouth versus Nottingham Forest. He's down there in Bournemouth and he uh, went along and uh, Bournemouth won, which meant they were promoted to the Premier League. And at the end of the game, uh, there was a pitch invasion of thousands and thousands and thousands of jubilant Bournemouth fans celebrating their promotion. It was all over Twitter this morning. It was lovely scenes. Chuff yeah. for them. Lovely scenes. But of course, now you know me. I am a belt and braces kind of guy. You're one for the rules. I'm one, I'm one for the rules. <laughs> and knowing that this was a possible scenario uh, yesterday evening for the game, I'd rung him at lunchtime and uh, I'd said, look, obviously, if they win this evening, um, you know, they're going up and all that kind of thing, there'll be jubilant celebrations. Please don't be an idiot and run onto the pitch. I can almost hear you using the phrase, don't be a Herbert. <laughs> or, or, or copy any other Herberts. <laughs> there was a word I used, I can't broadcast it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I'm watching on Sky Sports last night, full-time whistleblowers, all, they, all these Herberts run onto Herberts, the pitch. there you go, there it is. I'm there, and I'm sat there thinking, oh, Charlie, please don't be you, please don't be you. And I'm looking at, like, you know, find my phone on, on my phone, trying to see whereabouts he is. I'm thinking, if that coordinate comes up in the middle of the pitch, I'll just be just despair and all this kind of thing silence for about 20 minutes I'm thinking he's not even sent a message and then I get a whatsapp saying 
Sorry, Dad, I had to. Oh, he did it. <laughs> he went and did it, and then all these pictures and, like, WhatsApp videos and all that kind of thing. But this is so un-me. I, I don't end up in restricted areas. I can't imagine crossing that line. Do you yeah, know what I mean? About the, the, the only restricted area I've ever sort of ended up in was a very strange part of Stansted Airport, but that wasn't through, through like, doing something wrong, but that was that because... That was stuff in your suitcase, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, not boarding a plane very, very last minute and then going through some corridors that, like, you'd never normally go through just to get out the airport I did one summer season as a uh, a towel guy at Wimbledon putting yeah. all the towels yeah, yeah, into yeah. the players changing room so in the morning early early in the morning we'd go in into the men's like number one changing room uh, the women's room before and then the was it for centre court the, the women's changing room for centre court had like gold baths and all wow. this kind of thing proper restricted area very much we so. were there before everyone else woke up if you have ever for whatever reason got yourself in a restricted area I'd love to hear about it and just to clarify I wasn't a pervert, I was working. <laughs> uh, I worked for Initial in Scotland, uh, says this tweet. I was delivering to Faslane Submarine Base. Oh, I know. Went in the wrong building and was escorted out <laughs> very rapidly by two very big American guys. Wow, God, I tell you, this is, this is bringing back memories for me now, because when I was a kid, my dad worked in Saudi Arabia for yeah. six months. Uh, yeah, tax dodging, that kind of thing, computer analyst. <laughs> and he, he took some photos of his hotel to send back to us in yeah, England yeah, to show yeah. where he was staying. Uh, little did he realise that the, the tail fins of like two or three military jets were poking out of the background. Yeah. So they arrested him, <gasps> interrogated him. Wow. I thought he was a spy. Wow. And scrunched up all the film from his uh, camera. So he, he was taking photos of a restricted area. And you never got to see the hotel? Never knew what it was like. So I'd take his word for it. <laughs> Maybe he never went. Bush, Richie and our thoroughly disinterested producer Adam <laughs> bringing you home time on a Wednesday night. He's got the vibe of, uh, like, you know, when you're forced to go into town on a Saturday with your parents. It's like that. <laughs> Do you know what part of it is? I think he's tired of us. Is, I think he's had enough. <laughs> he's, he's certainly not been the same since Venice. Uh, many people would understand that. It's fair. It's absolutely fair enough. <laughs> uh, there's a restricted survey audits going on on the show right now. Where did you end up uh, in some kind of restricted area? This is after my Herbert of a teenage son uh, ended up uh, on the pitch celebrating a promotion last night. Uh, this text says, when I worked for the RAC, I went on a call, took a wrong turn, ended up on MOD training grounds in front of a tank and surrounded by squaddies. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that beats a celebratory uh, pitch invasion. Uh, uh, Davinia, where did you end up? Yeah, it was, it was a real classic. So I was rushing to meet my friend and I, I wasn't really looking properly. I was cutting across Leicester Square. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I heard these people go, George, George. And I looked up. I was literally about a metre away from George Clooney. <gasps> and then I looked around and all these people were queuing behind the barriers. So I just took a quick photo and kind of ran on, basically. Wow, so George was in a restricted area, or is it the area around George is a no-fly zone for, you, you know, you run-of-the-mill people like us? Yeah, yeah, and I, I wasn't massively into him then, but, you know, it's still a, a lovely moment, basically. That's like outrage for all these people that are massively into George Clooney, and you've barged through barriers not really allowed to, and you've got a photo and spent time with him, and you don't really care for him. <laughs> Well, no, I did, I did, but I didn't. I never watched ER, so I didn't massively know him then. But um, since then, since then, maybe your your lives, your paths are crossed, and now it's all different. Yes, definitely. Uh, uh, Louise says I was flying to Thailand on a flight that had a transfer. When we stopped after the first leg, I didn't know where to go. I panicked Uh, as we were walking through the airport. I asked if I should have got off, as this wasn't my final destination. The airport staff said I should have stayed on the plane, so I walked back through the crowds and headed back onto the now empty plane. Ooh. I called out. I even went into the empty cockpit in panic. No air crew. I was in a... Lo- 
I was alone in a completely unstaffed aeroplane. Security eventually helped me out. That is amazing. I, I mean, find that so eerie. That, there's a phone-in down the line on, like, being the only person in something. Yes. Where there's normally... Yes. I mean, when are you ever on your own uh, like, on your own in a plane? Yeah. Never, ever, ever. What an amazing story. This one here says, not sure if this counts as a restricted area, but me and four mates went to New Zealand in 2000. On Christmas Day, we packed a hamper full of food and booze into our hired Land Rover. We were heading to the beach and took a shortcut across a field and got stuck in a swamp. Uh, we drew short straws to see who was going to find the farmer to help us. He turned up and was really unhappy but he went and got his tractor and pulled us out Once we were out of the swamp, he sat with us put on a Christmas hat and a few had a few beers. He said he was a bit bored with the in-laws <laughs> anyway <laughs> So you know where that was going This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Brilliant that 10 weeks of tickets here and we're going to give away so many brilliant tickets to so many brilliant gigs over the next 10 weeks More killers tomorrow. More killers tomorrow but it does, there is a byproduct of this, a knock-on effect. It means, sadly, that our midweek games night that we do on a Wednesday is going to take a 10-week break. Yeah, because we're doing like a game every single day. You don't want a sudden special midweek one, do you? You don't want an OG over game, no. do you? <laughs> so we've come up with a bit of an idea that's going to take things in the world of gaming right back to old school. Uh, tonight on Home Time, we launch uh, the radio's first ever one move per day online chess match. <laughs> Do you remember in the paper when you stuff like yes. a photo of the chessboard? So it's, it's Richie and me versus you lot, right? Mm. The hive mind. Uh, we are the black pieces, you are the white pieces, so you get to go first. And every day, you take a turn, then we take a turn, we'll post it on Twitter, mm-hmm. you take a turn, we take... We don't know how long... I mean, a chess game normally is quite a few moves, I was going to say, it? so on average, do we know how many moves a chess game is? Well, I've been playing it and losing, probably seven or eight. But your average <laughs> proper chess match, this could be, this could be a three or four month match this. <laughs> Three or four months. Three. It's going to go on for a while, but exercise your democratic right. You are the white team. You get to go first. So if you follow us on Twitter, at Absolute Radio, it's your move. Do you think we're going to win? I've got a good feeling about me and you as a chess team. <laughs> the Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. So there you go, another Daily Takeaway in the bag. Um, so what, what? when do we find out about whether uh, Natalie has done the Mars per Gallon thing or not? Well, because I am concerned about it, I don't know whether it's the kind of thing that I actually want to remind her about. But if she's done it, I've got a feeling she's going to burst through the door that's and be like, That's a very good go. point. Ah, that's the thing. If she's done it, she'll see on the dashboard and she'll be, like, breaking WhatsApp to let me know what that Mars per gallon well is. Well done avoiding that impression. You nearly went there. <laughs> but, so, yeah, you, you, are you saying then, if you don't hear anything about it, she's failed in her challenge? Absolutely, yeah. It's hotting up. There's a Netflix series in this. What would be your Mars per gallon? Don't even understand it. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs>